With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into a new episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the flagship podcast on the Land Grant Holy Land Network. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, coming to you on probably Wednesday morning, maybe Wednesday evening, whenever it is you're listening to this. I want to welcome you into today's show. Before we start today and talk about Michigan State, which is what today's preview episode is about, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, whether you've been around for a couple of seasons or you just started listening to the last episode, whatever it may be, just want to thank you guys for listening to not only this show, but all of our shows here on Land Grant and Holy Land. But in particular for this show, uh, this is the most listeners we've ever had. It almost keeps growing every single week. So just from me, I want to say thank you to all of you, and I hope that you have been enjoying these shows. For me, it's kind of hard to tell how I've been doing because it's these solo podcasts, but I hope they've been good. The feedback we've gotten so far has been pretty good, so I hope that that continues and and you're enjoying it. And remember, uh, if you do want to leave feedback, to follow along on Apple Podcasts, leave a review there. You can follow on Spotify, and then uh, leave us some feedback either at Holy Land Pod on Twitter, and I am on Twitter at Dubsco. So one last time, thank you to all of you for listening. It blows my mind how many of you there are every single episode. It's just really cool, and uh, I hope we can keep building that and build a nice little community here. Today's episode probably isn't going to be as long as some of the other previews. I am pretty stacked up with the regular day job stuff this week. Hopefully that clears up a bit here in the next week or so and can make these preview podcasts a little bit longer than they have been. But I'm going to try to do my best here this week to talk about Ohio State's next opponent on the schedule, and that would be Michigan State. This is another primetime game similar to last week but this one is at home for Ohio State rocking the black jerseys which I'm a big fan of I really actually do like the black jerseys love the black helmets I think it's a cool look Um, I've noted on this podcast that I'm just I'm not a fan of the current home jerseys so whenever they can break out something alternate I'm good with it so I like them I think they look cool I'm excited to see how they look in primetime it's going to be a fun atmosphere at the shoe. And this is going to be just like on the field wise, which is the most important thing and what we're here to talk about. This is going to be really good. This is going to be a fun game. This is going to be the best test for this Ohio State offense that we've seen so far this season. And I think this is going to really be a true barometer of what this team is. Not because I think Michigan State is like a top 10 team or anything, but they're a team that usually plays Ohio State tough. They're a defense, especially, that knows how to play. They've got players, especially in their front seven, which uh, which I'll talk about here in a second. But up and down the line, Michigan State is hungry. They've got talented guys offensively. It's a bit of a mixed bag, to say the least. But uh, just in terms of offense versus defense for Ohio State in this one, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
looking at Michigan State as an overview, they're 4-1 this season, 21st in SP+, 62nd on offense, and unsurprisingly, 2nd on defense. I went back earlier this weekend and watched four of their five games, everything except for the season opener against Tulsa. So 51-17 win over Western Michigan. Their 10-7 loss to Arizona State at home. They beat Northwestern 31-10, and then last week beat Indiana 40-31. to That score is a little bit skewed because they scored on the last play of the game as a defensive touchdown. It's like the 2013 Ohio State-Northwestern game, but 40-31 to over Indiana and what was a really fun game. And, and these are some of the main takeaways that I got from watching Michigan State before we break down how they look against Ohio State and what this matchup is. And the first and the most obvious is that this defense is nasty, as always. They are really damn good. They are talented. They play hard. They're physical, especially along that front seven. It may be, honestly, the best front seven in the country between guys like Antoine Simmons, Kenny Willekes, uh, the Pasenik brothers. I hope I'm saying that right. There's Raekwon Williams, Joe Batchy at linebacker. I mean, this is a front seven that legitimately can go like nine or ten guys deep in terms of who they play. They have at least, uh, they got 13 guys with at least a half a tackle for loss this season. So Michigan State, as always, is impressive on defense, only giving up 3.9 yards per play this season, which is good for sixth in the country. And where they stand out the most is in the run game. They've given up less than two yards per carry this season, second in the country so far. And that's that's one of the matchups that I'll talk about here in a second. And as, as usual, as you would expect, it's not like they're any less proficient against teams throwing the ball on them. They are uh, seven, 5.7 yards per attempt given up this season, which is very impressive. Offensively, it can be really ugly. Like I said, 62nd in offensive SP+. The best thing that they do and the thing that Ohio State is going to have to watch for in this game is they are actually pretty explosive passing. They're 18th in pass plays over 10 yards and 11th in passing plays going over 20 plus yards. So that's an element where people don't talk a lot about Michigan State ever being explosive on offense, but this year at the very least, they are throwing the ball. Uh, Running, not so much. This is, I'll say it right away before I even talk about the matchups, Michigan State can't run. If they run the ball in this game, there are some serious, serious problems. Whether it's looking at the advanced stats or just going back and watching, this run game is bad and I don't know if it's necessarily the running backs because at times you you can see them if they get a little bit of daylight they can break through but just in my untrained eye watching them this offensive line isn't very good especially when it comes to run blocking clearly not a great matchup against this particular defensive line for Ohio State but I, I would be shocked if Michigan State has a lot of success running the ball because they really haven't at all this season, especially against teams with a pulse. The one thing they do really well on offense, though, is get the ball to Daryl Stewart, the wide receiver. He is their main guy. I want to say he has 36 catches for like 535 yards. He has 300-yard games so far this season. He's really their go-to guy. He is Brian Lewerke's guy. He is If Michigan State's having success in this game, he is going to Daryl Stewart. And he's, he's not a guy that's like one of the faster receivers you'll see. I don't imagine that he's going to be breaking away from anybody in the Ohio State secondary, 
but he has some of the best hands in the country. He's one of those dudes that'll just go up and pluck the ball and make it look like a Nerf ball in his hands. He's had a couple of really nice one-hand catches. He can make contested catches, can just pluck the ball, and is a good one-on-one player. Really isn't afraid to run slants or go across the middle. They'll, they'll really do anything with him and just get the ball out to him, try to get it to him in one-on-one situations. I, I don't think he's very shifty, but he is one of those options for Lewerke, or he is the option for Lewerke. If they have a big play, if it's third and eight, the ball's probably going to 25, and that's going to be something where either it's Jeff Okuda or Damon Arnett, whoever it is, guarding him. They're going to be right up on him, and it's just a matter of who makes the play. And to me, that's really the matchup for Ohio State's defense against what Michigan State does on offense is if they limit Daryl Stewart to like six catches for 60 yards even, I don't think that this offense is going to do anything. He is their go-to guy. If he has a big day, it's going to open things up for everybody else. I don't think that would be a bad strategy for Ohio State. Lock him down, maybe devote some extra coverage to him if he's breaking free or making a couple catches on Okuda or Arnett. Just shift that coverage to him, bracket him a little bit, and make somebody else beat you. And if Cody White or anybody else on this tight end or receiving core does it, then hey, kudos to Michigan State. But I, I don't think that that's a likely scenario. And uh, that's that would be, if I was approaching this game, the, how I would figure Ohio State probably attacks this is, hey, anybody but 25, if somebody else beats us, then you know whatever, kudos to them. And when it comes to quarterback play, we, we've all seen Brian Lewerke for the last what, three seasons now? I think that this is his third season as a starter there. And just in watching him this season, it's, it's sometimes he makes really nice plays. Sometimes, like I've heard people talk about him as, hey, he has first-round talent as a quarterback. I don't necessarily see that. But there are times where he can escape the pocket, throw a really nice ball, think he's got good touch. Uh, and then there's just other times where he's just there. Like, he, he's never bad. He, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not a turnover machine. I think he only has one interception this season. But he's he's just there. That's the best way for me to put it is like, oh, that, that guy's still playing quarterback there? Huh. I don't remember really anything good from him or bad. So I, I think Brian Lewerke is a guy with a little bit of mobility. He can make some throws. But if you get him off his marker, which I think this defense can do, especially a guy like Chase Young, then it probably won't lead to a lot of turnovers, but it'll lead to a lot of third and eights, a lot of throwaways, and uh, just a lot of chances for Ohio State to get off the field early and get that ball back to their offense. And then finally, uh, when it comes to just a quick special teams rundown of what Michigan State does, I, I try to not be mean in saying this, but Michigan State has one of the worst kickers that I think I've ever seen. If, <laughs> if you watched the Arizona State game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Do not mean to disparage you personally, but man, Michigan State's kicking game is rough. So that that may be another area we've seen Ohio State succeed in this season, whether it's blocking punts, uh, they blocked a field goal against Cincinnati, and just flipping field position through special teams. This could be really an area where they get a lot of hidden yards and have a lot of hidden success is the special teams advantage that they have over Michigan State. And Michigan State's going to have to score to win this game. They can't settle on field goals. And if they are kicking field goals, probably going to miss them. Okay, so that's my quick, uneducated, stupid rundown on Michigan State. That's what I've seen in just watching four of their games 
this season and what they look like to me. As it pertains to what it means for Saturday and how they match up with Ohio State, I keep coming back to one thing, and it's a really crude idea that keeps popping into my head about this matchup and what it's like playing with Michigan State every single year for Ohio State for the last, I don't know, maybe since 2011, I guess. And you know that old saying where people are like, never argue with an idiot because they'll drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Playing Michigan State is sort of like that. And I don't mean it in the bad sense that like they're idiots. They're a bad team and you you should never lose to them because that's clearly not the case. They've been pretty good, all jokes aside, about their offense and what they look like uh, the the past couple of years. That all that aside, they've usually been pretty good under Mark D'Antonio, and hey, they've beaten Ohio State more than a lot of other teams in the Big Ten can say. So I'm not, I don't mean to disparage them in that way, but when it comes to like the idea of getting dragged down to their level, that's what defines this game to me, and whether or not Ohio State does it because. The games that they've either, one, lost to Michigan State recently, or two, have played close, they've dragged themselves down to Michigan State's level and played their type of game. That is the biggest key in this game to me, is whether Ryan Day decides to play Michigan State's style of game. Because in 2015, we we don't really got to talk about that game. We all remember what happened. We all remember why Ohio State lost that game and all of the frustration that came with them losing that game and why that was. In 2016, a game that Ohio State won, but really close, that was another one. They just said, eh, let's let's not turn the ball over. Let's play conservative. Michigan State probably can't score. Let's play field position. And they gutted out a win when they really needed one before. The, I think it was, that was before the Michigan game. But either way, that was a game that they should have blown the doors off of Michigan State. And they just decided to play Michigan State's style of football, and they almost lost. And then 2018, last year's game, really wasn't a chance for Michigan State to win, but if you go back and watch that one, that was another concerted effort, I think, of, ah, let's not do anything stupid. We'll punt the ball away. That was a classic Drew Chrisman game. Him and Terry McLaurin were probably the MVPs of that game for Ohio State offensively. Ohio State didn't want to make any mistakes in that game, and they knew Michigan State couldn't score, but it was ugly, and if they would have sustained one drive or gotten one big play, that game could have changed. And those those three games all really stand out in my mind of like, is Ryan Day going to choose that route where, hey, we know for the most part, Ohio State has superior talent. They should win this game. They're 20-point favorites for a reason. Even if that, to me, is a little bit high for playing a defense like this, There's a reason they're favored like that, because they're the better team. They should win this game. They should win comfortably, but they can decide to play that way or play the way they did in 2014 when they really had no choice. Their backs were up against the wall. We we saw after the Virginia Tech game, if they wanted to meet their goals, they had to win out. And that was a game that was a real turning point for that season. And they didn't worry about playing Michigan State style. They went into East Lansing, they played their game, and they won in in one of the better games of the Urban Meyer era. And then in 2017, same thing. After the Iowa game, that next week, they were angry, they were pissed. They weren't going to play that type of game. They played their game, they steamrolled them. The talent advantage 
was clearly there, and that was really impressive. If you go back and watch that game, they basically did whatever they wanted. They got big passing plays down the field with Benjamin Victor. There was a long Mike Weber run. They didn't back down and decide, hey, we're just going to try to not lose this game. They went out and they took it and they dominated. I didn't include the 2013 game, if you're wondering why I didn't talk about that loss, because that was just a good Michigan State team. I want to throw that in there. They deserved a lot of credit for winning that game. That was a really good team. But my overall point is, if Ohio State plays their game, they're going to win. They, they may not put up as many yards as they did against Nebraska. They definitely won't put up as many yards as they did against Nebraska. This defense is too good for that. But if they just stick to their game plan, if they don't play to lose, or play not to lose, I mean, then they're going to be fine. The defense should do their thing. Michigan State isn't going to score a ton of points. If Ohio State gets to 30 points, it's hard to imagine this being a really close game. I don't I don't think Michigan State can get to that. But it's a matter of, will Ryan Day stick to that? Or will he kind of go the route of, look, this defense is really good. Their offense can't score. We don't want to turn the ball over. We may take some chances. But let's just flip field position. Hope they turn it over a couple times. We'll get the ball at their 30-yard line, score a couple touchdowns, and just get out of this one with a win before we go play Northwestern. Outside of that, I think if Ohio State is even decently effective at running the ball, this game's over. If, if they can run, if they can get four or five yards a pop, maybe break a couple of big plays where J.K. Dobbins have the screen game be an extension of the run game, then th- there's really no way that Michigan State can keep up in this game. This is a huge test for this offensive line. I know they've been awesome. We've talked about it. They were they let off the show when we recapped the Nebraska game on Sunday, but this is their biggest test. And this is, like I said, a defensive line that can go about six or seven deep with guys who are going to be high NFL draft picks, who are legitimate studs, and they're going to have their hands full. There are going to be times, I think, where this offensive line doesn't even look as close to what they were in the Nebraska game. And that's going to be fine. That's to be expected against a line like this. But if they win that battle and give Dobbins, Teague, and Justin Fields room to run and room to operate and get six or seven yards and just effectively keep moving the chains down the field, then it opens everything up. And that's really, I think, puts puts the game away. If they're able to run effectively like they were in 2017, especially breaking off a couple of big runs, then it's just hard to see how Michigan State keeps up. Easier said than done, though, because I keep hammering at home. This front seven is really freaking good, and if if they're just able to have a day where they're mostly successful, that's going to go a long way to winning. Before I talk about how I think Justin Fields stacks up against this defense, we're going to take a quick break, hear from some sponsors, pay some bills, but when I come back, we'll get into the matchup of Justin Fields and how I think he's going to do against this very tough passing defense. Welcome back into the Hangout in the Holy Land, previewing Ohio State, Michigan State on Saturday. And right now, I want to talk about Justin Fields and what I think he is going to do against this defense and how how fun of a matchup this is. This is one of the best, not position matchups of the week, but and, and really, like I guess I had to head matchup of just Fields in this offense against Michigan State's defense. And I talked about the run game. If if Ohio State can run, it's it's really over. If if they can run the ball in this game and they shut down Michigan State's run, can't really see a way that Michigan State keeps up. 
but they're going to have to throw. And we really want to see, I really want to see how Justin Fields looks against this defense who is adept at getting to the passer, plays really tight coverage, and is going to test his accuracy, see where that ball placement is. Just overall, a really good test for him. And if there's one thing in watching that defense that is like burned into my mind for this week, it's that this is not the week for long developing plays. Like This is not the week for that throwback screen to Master Teague. Michigan State's defense is far too smart for that. They are not going to get beat on long developing plays. Those are the type of plays against this defense that end up in turnovers or sacks and something else bad is going to happen. So I'd be really surprised if Ohio State's offense is a lot of long developing stuff and it's having Justin Fields hold on to the ball. That's that's not what I want to see this week. In Indiana last week, that was one of their main things that they did in the passing game is they just got the ball out really quickly. Michael Penix, the uh, freshman who was hurt for the Ohio State game, didn't play. He completed 20 straight passes, and he was 24 of 27 on passes – uh, shorter than five yards, only 167 yards on those passes. But that was like that was Indiana's mo last week was just get rid of the ball. And it'll be interesting to see how much of that Ohio State does because Indiana has a pretty good group of receivers, and this Ohio State group is a little bit more skilled than they are. And whether that's those short bubble screens to KJ Hill or getting the ball to Garrett Wilson, just getting the ball to somebody in space really quick. That may be something we see, especially early on, is just like those really quick hitters that we saw. I think it was against Cincinnati or FAU on one of those first drives of just like, hey, get the ball out. Let's see if we can get some yards after catch. Hopefully the receivers are blocking well and can use that as an extension of the run game and really sort of open up the box a little bit and help the run game out and really just help fields out, get him some early confidence, complete some short, easy passes, and then you can maybe start working in your, your more long-developing pass play. So that's that's one thing that I'm interested to see for the passing game, just when it comes to Justin Fields. And really, overall, the receivers are going to play such an important role in this game because after those quick hitters, the ability to beat Michigan State's defense has almost always hinged on, can somebody get downfield and make a play? Going back to that 2017 game, there's that really nice Benjamin Victor catch. I think it was the one-hand catch down the sideline. He shakes a dude off and gets into the end zone. And that was really a play that broke the game open. That's something you have to do against these Michigan State corners because they're going to press you. They're going to play tight coverage down the field. And at some point, your receivers have to beat their corners, whether it's Victor, whether it's Austin Mack, whether it's Hill or somebody else. Those downfield plays, they got to make them. And Austin Mack made one in the end zone last week. Uh, Really nice catch. Corner was all over him. We've seen Victor make that play a ton, not only this year, but throughout his career. And and that's something that they're going to have to do is in those one-on-one situations, you got to win them down the field because that's how you beat Michigan State's defense. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Chris Olave too. He's shown that he can do that downfield. And honestly... Oh, a wild card for me in this game is that you have your outside guys or your your three older receivers and uh, and Mac uh, Olave and Victor. This might be a Garrett Wilson game. Like th- this may be this is the one I don't think people expect him 
to break out in, even though we saw a really nice catch against Nebraska. But this might be his game because when you look at it, Michigan State has guys that can cover those top three receivers. Maybe it's not the exact skill level, but they're up there. And I feel like they feel confident that their top three guys can handle or at least do their part against Ohio State's top three guys. But to me, can Michigan State's fourth corner or nickel, whoever that may be, dime corner, whoever they want to put out there, can he match up with Garrett Wilson or or Ryan Day in that offensive staff for Ohio State? Going to be able to find a favorable matchup for Garrett Wilson in the slot, get him on an inexperienced player, a younger dude, and just have Garrett Wilson go to town. So something to look out for. That is like my off the radar thing in this game that this might be like the Garrett Wilson game where he really blows up because they they got those three receivers in front of him. But now if you are able to put Garrett Wilson into favorable matchups, this is where he could have a really big day. So to just wrap this all up and what what I feel about this game and where some of the biggest things to me are going to be decided is one, is Ryan Day going to play conservatively like we've seen Ohio State do in the past against Michigan State and struggle? Or are they just going to say, you know what, we're playing our game. We're going to let it fly. We're going to do what we do and see how that works out. Hopefully it's the latter because I think we've seen enough of the former to know how that's going to work. Maybe it's a win, but it's going to be really ugly and going to be something where where none of us feel great about uh, watching afterwards. Two, I, I didn't mention it, but it should be obvious. Can Michigan State block Chase Young in this defensive line? They're not able to do that if they're not even able to get the ball to Daryl Stewart and get him in those one-on-one situations. They don't have a chance because I I don't see them being able to run the ball. And with that, when Ohio State has them in those third and longs that Michigan State tends to get in, they got to get off the field. Got to be able to get off the field against them when you have them in those situations because they're really just not built to work that way. I mean, uh, most teams aren't, but we've seen this Ohio State team. They've had success in third and long just because they have the athletes. Michigan State, for the most part, doesn't have that and they're not built to come from behind. So Ohio State's able to establish a lead, make them get into obvious passing situations, let Chase Young go, then it could snowball. Um, I I think that 20 and a half is a lot for me, but this is one, like I said, where if they just play the way that we've seen them play all season and don't get out of their game, then they should be just fine. You know, Michigan State is going to have – some they're, they're gonna make some plays in this game especially uh the, that defensive line I, I think ohio state's o-line is in for a really big test there are going to be times where they look out of sync and they looked a little bit look a little bit overmatched i think but for the most part i, I think that they'll be able to do a, a good enough job keep justin fields upright it'll be interesting to see how much Dade decides to run him, whether it's it's more than what we've seen in the past, especially if it's a if it's a close game, how much are they gonna lean on him in the run game? But that offensive line battle is really the one matchup to me where it's like if if Ohio State is just able to hold their ground, then they're gonna be just fine. And if they do that, this could be like another game we saw in 2017 where they just they get out ahead by a couple touchdowns force a couple turnovers and things snowball and if they don't then this game could look a lot similar to what we saw last year what we saw in 2016 and 2015 so that's where i'm at on this game i hope i articulated that decently 
enough, but I, I do think that it could be a pretty close game if Michigan State's defense plays lights out, which they're certainly capable of, and they, they force a couple of turnovers. But I, I really do think, and I keep saying this week after week, I think this is a different team. This is a different mentality for this Ohio State group. I don't think they're going to get dragged into the playing the way that Michigan State wants them to play. And I think just that alone sets them up for success and uh, the, the matchup that they have on defense with the defensive line getting after Brian Lewerke and forcing them into unfavorable positions is really just going to do wonders for the Ohio State offense and field position. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Probably a little bit lackluster, i got to be honest with you. I just had to ship this one out as quick as I can. Uh, but work is really killing me right now. Very busy this time of year. So hopefully by next week, get a little more uh, time to, to break down Ohio State's next game against Northwestern and to recap whatever happens against Michigan State on Saturday. But in any event, uh, please leave your feedback for me on Twitter. I am at Dubsco. That's D-U-B-S-C-O. Uh, the show is also on Twitter at Holy Land Pod. As a site, we are on Twitter at LandGrant33. And please, if you enjoy the show, subscribe leave a comment, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, listen to all of our other podcasts here on the Land Grant Holy Land Network. There's a show coming to you every single day, so if you can't get enough Ohio State, we got you covered. And finally, follow on Spotify, whether you just have the regular version or premium, go to your podcast section, new episodes will pop up by themselves every single day for your ears. That's it for today's show. I will talk to you later this weekend after the Ohio State game, either Saturday night or Sunday morning to recap that. That should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. No matter how this game ends, uh, these recaps have been a lot of fun to record. So hopefully that one will be just as fun. I hope you guys enjoy the game, whether you are going to it or just watching on TV. Be safe this weekend. And as always, my name is Colton Denning. This is the Hangout in the Holy Land, and go Bucks.